So as I was sharing, that this is this story of, of, um, of Jesus's triumphal entry into the uh, into Jerusalem is shared in all four of the Gospels, and, and you'll you'll see that in all four of the Gospels, and um, it's interesting that uh, John is the only one. Um, he's the only one that actually lists um, the goes back to chapter eleven and lists that the Bethany, the, the situation that happened in Bethany was a part of uh, 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 his coming into Jerusalem. Um, I look at this whole situation about Jesus' coming into, uh, 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 into Jerusalem uh, almost like the psychologists use what it is, the Rorschach test, uh, where you see an ink blot and you look at the ink blot and you actually uh, consider, well, what does this mean? Uh, I, if we're not careful, we can become so um, callous, if you will, uh, with the text, with stories like this. And my question to you all is, uh, after looking at the text, uh, I, won't, I don't, I don't want to just say it's a Rorschach test, but what does it mean to you as you look at this? What, what, what does this actually mean to you? Uh, Jesus riding on a donkey to chants and, and heralding and pleas and a crowd desperate to celebrate for change. Uh, they want healing. They want transformation. They want what they want. And what does that mean to you? What, is that, what does that look like to you? What kind of ink blot, if you will, is that to you? Um, I've shared before, I share now, if you can't see the applicability of scripture uh, applied to today, uh, I, I, I really can't help you uh, in terms of the, the absolute desperation that, that folks have for uh, that salvation, that healing, that transformation. Um, we can be forgiven for not fully understanding the words and the uses of palm branches, but that's why we have Bible study. That's why we have small group. Uh, but let me just add that the crowd was using language from the 118th Psalm, the 118th Psalm. And I want you to, 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 to that's your homework for today. Go to the 118th Psalm and, and let's deal with that. But it begins with the words, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The writer goes on and on and on. I read the 118th Psalm. And it lists the virtues and goodness of God. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength, my defense. He has become my salvation. But curiously, in the 21st, 25th, these Invisalign things, so uh, forgive me. Uh, but in the 25th and the 26th verse of the psalm, the writer inserts, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
from the house of the Lord, we bless you. On the face of it, you would think that this seems odd, but as I considered it for myself, it seems like it's, it's, it's praise coupled with a plea of uncertainty and action. What are you saying? It's like we come to God. I know you can do it, but will you do it? I know you can, but will you do it? So you have that with the waving of palm branches was seen as a symbol of victory and of triumph. Uh, and this was quite, quite a scene, so much that it confused those that were the closest. Uh, in the 16th verse of the 12th chapter, you look, at first the disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You might think the disciples of all people would be the most knowledgeable. They walked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. They heard his teaching, but apparently some, like some students, you know, they sat in the back of the, back of the class and dreamed about other things. But as John writes, they didn't get it until after the conclusion, everything that was about to go down. So time for a point. What's your point? Glad you asked. What does the picture, this ink blot, represent to you and to your faith? For the disciples, I bet you they were just open mouth uh, and they didn't know. Interesting, interesting. John doesn't say that some of them didn't get it, but the implication is none of them got it. So here's my question. How much do we understand? Uh, the crowd, on the other hand, had no problem connecting the dots. Uh, if you look at the 17th and 18th verse of the 12th chapter of John, you'll see. Now the crowd was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, uh, and, and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. See, John's, versions, John's version of Jesus riding uh, into Jerusalem is the only one that connects it back to Bethany. And as a result, John is able to provide some unique insights into why those that were hailing Jesus uh, as he rode into town. So on the one hand, you had those that were firsthand witnesses uh, to what happened when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then on the other hand, you had those that, that the eyewitnesses told. Time for another question, full of questions today. Uh, have you ever been told something really good and you just can't wait to share it with others? Now, I know I'm not going to talk about folks that gossip or, or tread in that because we know what the Bible says about gossip. Uh, but have you ever been told something really good and you just can't wait to share it with others? Well, that's what's happened here. Um, so here's another point. Glad you asked, Pastor. I want another point. Others are looking at, listening to, and dare I say, looking for witnesses to the transformation that only Jesus can provide. Um, I can, I may, let me go out on a limb. I suspect that the reason uh, many uh, don't find uh, the transformation in us or don't see transformation in, in us is because that uh, we are not that quite sure about the faith that we say that we have. Uh, let, again, let's go back. To, let's go to the 11th chapter. In the 11th chapter of John, uh, Jesus said to Martha, uh, step back. Jesus had gotten word that his friend was sick. 
but he didn't hurry to go and see about the situation. The call went out and Jesus didn't say, oh, will you call? So I, I, I guess I'm here. Uh, he didn't get back there to perform a miracle and to heal him. In fact, he delays coming there. And when he does, his friend is dead. Uh, kind of like, what, is, what good is room service or a fire department that doesn't call when I call them, right? Uh, Jesus said to her in the 25th uh, verse of the 11th chapter, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Uh, that Jesus, uh, Martha lays into Jesus. If you, if, if, if you had come here, my, your friend, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus comes back. He doesn't, he doesn't chastise her. He doesn't admonish her. He just says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Whoever lives uh, by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Um, Martha's, Martha at least gives mental assent. She says, uh, yes, Lord, I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Uh, we, 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 we've uh, talked about this whole situation, about how Martha perceived Jesus. Well, if you'd have been there in time, well, yeah, you could have done something about it. Uh, and, I, and I believe who, who you say you are, but things have happened now. There are certain things that have gone down, and I'm not quite sure that you can rectify uh, what is going on. Martha, like a lot of us, will give verbal assent to who Jesus is. Uh, yeah, he's deity. He's, yeah, he's the son of God. He's all of that. But we've got a situation here right now that I'm not quite sure he can, he can fix. Uh, well, how do we know that? Uh, how do we know how Martha felt? Uh, we know that because just a few verses down, when Jesus asked for the stone to be rolled away uh, from the tomb, uh, Martha says, uh, wait a minute, Jesus. Uh, it's been four days and my brother's going to smell. It's not going to go well. Now, if she had fully bought in to uh, uh, what Jesus had said, then she's like, roll the stone away. Jesus is getting ready to do something big here. Um, so what's your point? My point is there's belief and then there's belief. There's faith and then there's faith. See, the bottom line is the people saw with their own eyes what Jesus had done. And a few verses later, we see uh, in the uh, 55th and the 56th verse of the 11th chapter, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple, and as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, "What do you think? Isn't he coming to the? Isn't he coming to the festival at all?" Uh, that's why the palm branches. That's why the calls for Hosanna. Our deliverer has arrived. The one that is going to make everything right is now on the scene. See, it's kind of like that scene from The Wizard of Oz. You know, where, where you go from black and white to color to technicolor. You know, the, the house has fallen on the witch and uh, all the folks that were screwed, uh, they all came out. And they, and they, and because a new day, a new day has arrived. Um, Diane, I'm closing. Now you can't even, well, here, here's my iPad. Yep. It's closing. Okay. Um, 
That's why others inspired, uh, 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 conspired for uh, a different outcome. Uh, in the 11th chapter, you'll also read that the religious leaders saw Jesus as a threat to the status quo. And they were right. Jesus is a threat to the status quo. Uh, a correct understanding and embrace of who Jesus is changes everything. Uh, he's not simply a nice guy riding on a donkey, come to do spiritual magic tricks to make my life better. Uh, as Peter declared, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. With that as the only correct answer, I just, you, I, you have only two options, just two. You can either accept him or you can reject him. There's no in between. You can accept him or you can reject him. There's no in between. Uh, and uh, here's the caution. Verbal acceptance and physical rejection is not possible. You can't say, I believe, but your body doesn't catch up with your belief. No, 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 no. You, the, if I believe, my actions will match my profession of faith. As Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and do what? They respond to my voice. Oh, they, boy, boy, that's not nice what Jesus said. Boy, uh, love one another. Oh, do nice things. Uh, you know, and you know, every now and then he'll, he'll toss me a biscuit. He'll give me a fish. He'll do some magic tricks for me. Uh, make my life better. And Jesus is like, no, no. Roll back the tape to what Peter said. And I said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father in heaven. Well, what did he say? You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. What does that mean? That means everything. He's not just a Jewish teacher riding on a donkey with people waving uh, uh, palm branches saying, oh, 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 wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It is like, no, it's a game changer. Uh, so how is this how, how does this transformation evidence itself in our, in, in our life? Uh, we share our faith in how we live our life in times of trouble and in peace. It's easy to be a professing Christian when there's no COVID-19 or any coronavirus. That's, that's, anybody could profess that. Oh, Lord, I believe. Well, how much do you believe? Really, how, how much do you believe? Well, uh, hmm, well, I'm not quite sure. The 118 Psalms, remember, that's your homework. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. That's what the psalmist says. That's what the, those are the first four verses of, of the 118th Psalm. But let me add, let City Church of Sacramento say, his love endures forever. Regardless, I don't have a death wish. And Gail hates it when I say this, but I have to repeat it so I understand it and I embrace it. I don't have a death wish, but if I perish, I perish. I will be doggone if I will, will cower when an opportunity comes up for me to live out 
the things that I profess. If we don't let our light shine at times like this, what good are we? God gave me a car. Trump's got cars. Bill Gates got cars. God gave me a house. That's wonderful. I appreciate it. I'm glad I have a house. There's a lot of people that have houses. They don't bow the knee. God gave me health. There's a lot of people that have health. Elevate your faith. Why is God good? Because he gives me stuff? God is good, period, full stop. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, again, I say thank you. Thank you for Jesus Christ, who does all things well. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for watching over us. Father, I so love you, and I thank you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ, that I ask it all. Let's let every heart say amen. Um, I'm going to try and do something here. I know uh, Gail would say, honey, why are you doing this? Uh, you know, stay in your lane. But that's all right. Uh, I'm going to, it's, it's the communion text. And Ashley did such a wonderful job. So I'm going to try and, and, and present a picture of what she did. Uh, so as I turn this, this thing around, oh, let me flip this around. There we go. So there's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. So let me play this, and as we're going to celebrate the Lord's reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 23rd to the 34th verse. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if you were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. This is the word of the Lord. I did it. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, I want to thank uh, Leah Stigler for uh, uh, preparing a wonderful video uh, this morning, uh, uh, preparing the, uh, the unleavened bread crumble, uh, the recipe that... Uh, uh, Deacon Tracy, Deacon Chaplain Tracy put together 
Um, Nobody can make this stuff up. Nobody could have could have envisioned that we would be celebrating um, the Lord's Supper uh, in our homes, April fifth, twenty twenty. Pastor Meeks would be using a uh, a cell phone to facilitate uh, sharing of communion. Can't make this stuff up. You can't. How? Are we to live as faithful witnesses? As I shared last week and the week before, just imagine. If this were the new normal, do you still bow the knee? Do you still praise God? Do you still say he's good? Do you still wake up with eager spiritual anticipation wanting to glorify him just for being God. I thank God for Jesus Christ for what he did two millennia ago. I shared last week, I share now. If he doesn't do anything else for me, he's done enough. What has he done? He has saved my soul from hell. So I invite you, wherever you are, to celebrate with me. This is the body. This is the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus continue to pray for one another continue to lift up one another continue to check on one another um, I invite you all now I won't be able to do it, but I invite you, William Leung is waiting for you now, to go to the Zoom platform, chop it up, love on one another. He's going to set up various rooms for you all to get into and to and to love on one another. Please post your, your pictures on our Facebook page of how you celebrated uh, the Lord's Supper today. Uh, give us your videos. 
please just share that with us because we need one another. I am made better because of you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Let's go to that after party. I, I see it. Thank you, William. I love you guys. Oh, uh, by the way, BTW, as they say, uh, the, the, the song and music that accompanied the slides, that was by our very own Aaron Anderson, owner of Purple Pig Eats, the caterer. Um, I just, God, yeah, I love you all. Be blessed. Amen.